0: Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. And it's all based upon, this is crucial, it is all based upon salvation alone through faith in Jesus Christ and the promise that God will save us through faith in Jesus Christ. This is the gospel message. This is the message of the church for 2,000 years. This is the message of what we call the evangelical church on this planet today. Because, of course, there's many churches that don't believe Jesus is the Son of God. They don't believe he's the way, the truth, and the life, and there's no other way. And they don't believe that people are condemned and they need a Savior. But that's not my problem. That's theirs for time and eternity. And I don't even have a problem with it. It's just their deal. This is the age of choice and self-determination. But in this house, we know that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we're singing these songs with Bobby and Sophie. And Jack will come on Tuesday. And then Danny D will come next Saturday. And we're just elevating the king. And we're just proclaiming the kingdom for the king before he comes. Now, back to Abram. The foundation is a promise without any tangible thing to, to have seen it come to pass. Because faith is the sudden things hoped for, the evidence not yet seen. Like the miracle baby and our glorified body with the resurrection of Jesus Christ or Jesus coming back, the second coming. Either way, we're, go- we're going to glory. We're being transformed from glory to glory. So it's a promise, promises. You have all of them in Jesus or you have none of them outside of Jesus. So we receive Jesus, we have all the promises. We talked about this last week. It was the application, the universality, if there is such a word, I suppose I should look it up, but universal is a word, So there's a universal element of the promises of God for every believer in Christ, planet-wide right now, for hundreds of thousands of people born again in the Holy Spirit, speaking thousands of languages in 24 different time zones right now, very different cultural experiences, worshiping Jesus. And universally, we have these promises with the the most down-and-out person in India or the most affluent person in Chile or anything in between. You have all the promises or none of the promises. But the apex of the promises of God are the new life in Christ, victory over sin, victory over the devil, victory over the grave, and to live the abundant life that he's called us to. And it's a life of faith for we are saved by faith and we walk by faith, not by sight. So really, if we're growing in the Lord, we're going to grow by exercising faith and God stretching us out of our comfort zone. Because That famous quote Pastor Chuck used to say, the difference between a rut and a grave is only depth and width. And if we're not being stretched by faith, we're just going into a rut, which can just become a grave. Depth and width. The promises. Now, last week we talked about how we often think of the promises of God as they apply to Greg Laurie filling the stadium for the 30th anniversary of the Harvest Crusade, or someone believing God for healing from cancer, those types of things but those promises are there for every believer equally. God's no respecter of persons in that sense. But what we talked about last week, and we're going to continue that tonight, is the promises of God for you personally. And we talked about if you're reading the Word of God, and you're filling your mind with praise songs, and you're, you're, you're dialed into the frequency, you're dialed into the frequency of the Holy Spirit in your life, and how he's speaking to you with what he's doing in your life. And you, you set things before him and he opens doors and he, he opens doors and he closes doors. And you, you're, you're, you're completely sensitive as a whole disposition to be alert to things of the Lord. This is obviously not Sunday religion we're talking about here. We're talking about the new life in Christ, the abundant life and the joyful life that Jesus talked about regardless of external circumstances. It's the life in Christ. In losing our life, we find it. And our life belongs to him. And Jesus said that he has to have supremacy over any relationships, any dreams, any pursuits, even your own self-preservation. See, we have all the promises, and we're to hold fast to the promises, or as the song says, hold on to the promises. And they're for you. The apex, the high tide watermark, is your salvation on the day of Christ Jesus. Joy, why do you always say that? Because you're going to have to die. And you're going to get old and your body's going to break down. And your memory might get fuzzy. And your hips might be broken. And you might use a walker and you might be in a wheelchair. And you might end the journey in a bed with people dressing you and undressing you. And I want to make sure when I get to that day and you get to that day, you know what promises matter. The promises that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God, the Father, and he died on the cross for your sins. And he's raised for your justification. But until that day, we want to be fruitful Like Abram, who became Abraham. And let's think about that name change upgrade. It's an expansion. And we talked about this a bit last week with the promises, and we're just going to do part two right now. When we think about the promises of God for you, as we're growing in the Lord, as we're pressing into the Lord, and as we're prioritizing the kingdom, the promises take on a fuller, deeper meaning as you see them apply to your life. And you invite, like the Bible says, Seek, knock, and ask, Jesus said that, and you'll find, and it'll be open to you, and you will have. And Jesus said, to him or her who has, more will be given. And the key element of this story of Abram becoming Abraham and Sarai becoming Sarah is to them who had more was given. And it was given not because they tangibly held more, but their faith did not waver. And you go back to Sarah in Hebrews 11, she, it says about her faith, she counted him faithful who promised it. So even though in the next chapter we're going to see her laughing when the Lord and the angel show up, like, hey, she's going to have a baby next year, she's like, ha ha, listening through the tent. And then the Lord says, like, why did you laugh? She goes, I didn't laugh. And he goes, no, but you did. <laughs> and Isaac means laughter, the, the, the miracle child. But even in all of her humanity, in how she, what she did right or did wrong, and here's Hagar, worst idea ever, right? What woman wouldn't regret that? I mentioned this Tuesday night. Can you imagine 13 years at the dinner table in the Bedouin tent with the woman who was with your husband intimately and gave the child? Like, that plan didn't work. But she's in the hall of faith, because she counted him faithful who promised. So here's Sarai, my princess. Her dad called her my princess. Isn't that cool? In early Chaldeans, 4,000 years ago, dad said, My princess. There's nothing new under the sun. This is baby girl. And God says, Mother of nations. It's the upgrade. Sarai to Sarai is an upgrade. Everything Jesus Christ does in our life is better. We go from glory to glory. Though the outward woman is perishing, the inward woman is being renewed daily. And we don't look at the things that we see, but we look at things that are unseen. And they're not worthy to be compared to what you can see by what you can't see. And that's why it says in 2 Corinthians, now we see dimly in the mirror, but then we'll see in full glory. I prayed with a 92-year-old woman last night at a wedding reception, and I've known this lady for years, and she says, Joey, you're fuzzy, I've gone blind. And... She saw my form going by, and I was leaving. I went over, and, and she said, it was so good to see you. And, and, and I said, well, I don't know if I'll see you. You'll go to the king before I get to the king. But let me tell you this. When you see Jesus, he will not be fuzzy. So you say hello to Jesus in clarity, and you leave Pastor Joy behind fuzzy because you're going from glory to glory. And I kissed her on the head and prayed blessings over her. That's what I did. That's who we are. And that's truth, what I spoke to her we 're going for the upgrade, this mortal must put on immortality, this corruptible must put on incorruptibility. this terrestrial must put on celestial and as we look at the promises that God made, we talked a little bit about this last week to abram, progressively their upgrades without once anything happening to affirm that any of it was coming to pass yet that 's the amazing thing about these promises of God. You just have to believe them in your life, and even if you like John the Baptist. Oh, are you the one who look for another? Or the man like, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. When we are faithless, he remains faithful. So hold on to the promises. God said, come to this land. He says, get out of your country from your family into a land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, a great nation. Then he got to the land and he said, all this land is yours. So walk the land, see the dust, all of it, it's yours. And if you could count the dust, your descendants are more than that. Okay, another decade goes by, whatever. Then God says, now look up at the stars. So he went to, the promises went terrestrial to celestial. And God says, now look up. If you could even count those stars, your descendants would be more than that. And Abraham believed God. But in this chapter 17, these promises get an upgrade. And this is what I'm really... This is my word to the body of Christ in autumn of 2019. Because this is what I shared at the wedding in the ceremony. I said, hey, you got a fresh man? I cut it up. You're getting married. Two people in their 50s getting married. Hey, going from glory to glory. The best is yet to come. It's an upgrade. Right now, it's all about upgrades. It's all an upgrade. I got a phone upgrade this week just because. You know, like I just, my phone was doing weird stuff. I got an upgrade. He gave me a conversation with the millennials at the wedding. Dude, how do you like the love? I'm like, the photos are incredible. There's an upgrade. But but then you got to do all the upgrade stuff, right? It's an upgrade. See, what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life till the day of Christ Jesus is upgrade the promises in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's God who wills and works in you for his good pleasure. He wants to upgrade glory to glory and expanding. It's an expansion. And so here in chapter 17, God says, your name gets an upgrade, but nations, and now he adds to the promise kings. So to Abram, he goes, I'm going to, the upgrade is kings. See, he hasn't mentioned kings before. Okay, well, what kind of kings? Like Esau kings? I mean, those are descendants of his. So actually, technically, the Edomite kings that we get later in this book, they're, you know, it's, yeah, it's all right. It's a pretty good little run through Esau. But the great kings, David, Solomon, Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah, Josiah, and then the king of the Jews himself, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who also, of course, when he returns in his second coming, is the king of kings. And yet, they still even have conception in Sarah's, now Sarah's, barren womb. Isn't that amazing? Meditate on that. There's a lot of things that distract you during the week, and me too. So let's meditate upon that. They're not one. They're, I guess I'll this message out. They are no closer to this being the past than when they left early Chaldeans decades before. And each time the promises are affirmed, they're going deeper. Why and how? They're going deeper because they have not wavered. In spite of their shortcomings, they are holding on to the promises. And so it doesn't matter what the doctors say. It doesn't matter who's in the White House or who's in Congress or Supreme Court or who your new boss is, who your old boss was, and this and that and the stock market, blah, 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 and all this stuff and everything else. It's upgrades for you when we seek the Lord on a daily basis. And though it may seem like things are contrary against us, they're really for us. Because all things are working together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So even the perceived setbacks or injustices that we might experience, and the body of Christ has experienced a lot of them for 2,000 years, they're upgrades. It's the upgrade in our character for eternity. It's the upgrade and understanding the promises that they apply to our life and what we're learning. And it's each season of life. It's deeper, stronger, farther, wider. It's expansion. It's exponential understanding of the glory. And if you think about this, it says in Ephesians that God's going to need all eternity, a whole other dimension to help us understand the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. So our finite minds are trying to understand that God sent his son to die on the cross for our sins and rise from the grave for our justification. But when we're in full glory, it's still going to just be going from glory to glory to glory. See, apart from Christ, we're leaving our glory. And there are just no promises, in essence, other than you're a son of Adam, a daughter of Eve. Enjoy your life. Enjoy the journey if you can. Share the journey, hopefully. But... When it's over, it's over in that sense, and it's accountability to the Lord. But see, we're going to glory. So I love to read church history and read about men and women who've just given so much in previous generations and did not hold back. That's so when I admire people who take great steps of faith and just go for things. Like all those times, Bobby, you go to Dominican Republic to do ministry at Christmas time. I'm like, I don't like to do anything at Christmas time. I like to have Tuesdays shut down at Christmas time. I need a break. I want a break. You go away on your break. I love it. That stuff inspires me. When people do stuff like that, it inspires me. Any teenager comes to us and says we're going on a mission trip, we just get out the checkbook. It inspires me. We want to inspire them to go for it and never look back and know that when you take steps of faith, God will always be with you with those steps of faith. We speak life and we want to build up people. But these promises, they're for you. It's not just for Bobby to go to the Dominican Republic. Or Sarah Yardley to be in England, or all the different places people go. Brian McDaniel on the gasoline crisis in Haiti right now, and all they're trying to do is cross the light for their nine church plants over there right now. It's not just for Jennifer Monroe to be thinking about where she going to go next and went to Afghanistan, Tunisia, and Turkey this year. Where do we go? How far will we go? In our prayers, in our time. How much do we want to know those promises? Those promises are pretty safe when you're getting frustrated with people in traffic and 405 road construction going on from here till the king comes back, right? Like, who puts a sign out, construction through 2023 or something? Like, 2023? I mean, give us some hope, right? And we get frustrated with stuff like that. Like, how much faith do you need there except just not to get frustrated with people or vice versa? No, you see, when you are walking by faith and living by faith. And he had a lot of possessions, but those possessions didn't hinder his perspective of faith. Then the promises go deeper, farther, wider, stronger. They expand. And it's God's heart for each of our lives that his promises would expand in our lives. He said, here in verse 6, excuse me, verse 5, he says, To Abram, I have made you a father of many nations. See, there's great confidence in this statement in that it's already a done deal. God's saying, I have made you a father of many nations, but none of those nations exist. God sees the end from the beginning and he's like reverse engineering it. He is basically saying, I know how this ends. You are a father of many nations and nothing is going to stop that from happening. Not Chedorlaomer and his coalition of kings are going to war against you. Nothing is going to stop you. You are unstoppable. In God's will, we are unstoppable. And that's why it's so important to seek his will for your life, to apply his promises as they apply to your life, so you can fulfill those purposes of your life, whether it's a short life or a long life. We certainly want to be a quality life of obedience. But God speaks as it's already done. I talked about this last week a little bit too. But he'll show us sometimes what he's going to do, sometimes he won't. Like, he'll tip the cards, but we don't have all of it, but we, we're called to go do it. I asked someone earlier this year, how do you do it? Like, how do you go to these closed countries? You're like, well, sometimes you need to pray. Sometimes you need to talk. And they say, sometimes you just gotta go. I'm like, no kidding, huh? Pretty deep theology right there. It was a great answer. He's like, how do you do this? Like, hey, you know, it's a time to talk. There's a time to pray. There's a time to go. It's time for action. And you see, God said, I've made you. It's past tense. He's already a father of many nations, and he doesn't have any nations. He doesn't have the son of promise yet. And that's very encouraging to me. And before you leave here tonight, I want you to apprehend what this means to you. God has a predetermined plan for your life personally. Now, of course, he has predetermined things for the universe collectively. But for your life personally, he knows the hairs on your head. He knows the days fashioned for you. When as yet none of them were there, Psalm 139. And his thoughts were your good thoughts. And there are things he has just for you that only you can fulfill. There's a fullness he wants you to be. And as you're yielded to him and fully all all in with him, and this of course applies to me too, you can be walking in that fullness of what he wants you to be and you can fulfill it. None of us is perfect and we can't get caught up like, unless and I could be, it's really about he's all we need and abiding in him, And not missing what he has. But I will make you. So we have to ask ourselves, are we who we're supposed to be? And are we willing to be who we're supposed to be? Because God says to him, I've made you a father of many nations. So in a sense, Abraham's already got that. He believes that and he's walking in that. But he hasn't seen any of that. Are we believing and walking in who we're supposed to be, who he's called us to be, in the plans and purposes he has for our life? Because already, it's already a predetermined plan. It's like it's like the Christian song Bulletproof. You know, it's like it, it came out a couple of years ago. It was on Air One. It's like Bulletproof. It's like you can't I have it in my DJ set. It's a great song. It's like basically you can't be stopped when you're in God's will. Yeah, it's like it's a great song. It's like, yeah. It's got a nice beat, too. So it's solid. And that's what we are. So when David, it's like that song... It's a a new song out there. It's like, you know, so be my confidence. That song, be my confidence, right? So like David in the fight in the giants or in the wilderness, it's like, that's who you are. That's who we are. But we need to apply those promises that we've seen for our life. And we need to be willing to go for it with what he has for our life. And go for it doesn't mean you need to go anywhere. It just means you need to wake up and be what you're meant to be and be yielded to the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. He also said, not only I've made you, But he says, I will make you. So he reverse engineers his whole life and says, I've made you a father of many nations. I know the end from the beginning. I'm telling you, this is how it's going to play out. But then he says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. So there's a present and a future. So he's like, I got the end game. I'm reverse engineering. I'm telling you, you're a father of many nations. Walk in that promise. Live that promise. Be that promise. But I will make you. Here and now, time, space, and matter, where we are at, I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and you'll be many nations, and kings will come from you. So, we have the hope of the fullness of God's plan for our life, or His work of art, that Ephesians 2.20, excuse me, Ephesians, yeah, 2.10, Ephesians 2.10 tells us where His work of art, that's engineering, reverse engineering, what we're meant to be. What your life is meant to be when you get to the end of it, in the life of the Spirit. But, We don't know so much how that's going to be. But we know that the end the Lord intends is good, like James testifies of Job's life in the New Testament. So we have today, I will make you. So he says to us, I will make you fruitful. Do you want to be fruitful? Because the Bible tells us to be spirit-filled is to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, faithfulness, self-control. Jesus tells us to bear good fruit. We're told to bear the fruits of righteousness. We're told to be fruitful. We're told the parable of the soils, and the one soil is really good, and it produces fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. That's who we want to be. That's a self-determination for us that we're willing to pursue with passion the things of God and go all in for them. Right here in our little world, our little Jerusalem, or to the ends of the earth, that's what we're called to do. But to be fruitful is today. See, we cannot change yesterday. We can't change anything in the past. Again, doing a wedding for a couple in their upper forties, early fifties, and it's a, it's a reboot. And I said, I was honest. I said, you know, we're not young, but we're not old. You know, fifty's not so bad when you're looking at you know sixties and seventies. Like there's there's a couple good decades there. You take care of yourself, and God's good, and you find like no one wants to end the journey alone. You, you all know that, right? I hope you know that. No one, you know, it's two's better than one. Solomon said, and there's, it's true. But we have today. And the Holy Spirit says for all of us today, to the church of Jesus Christ around the planet, in all different languages, he says, I will make you fruitful. If you're willing to yield to the Lord, I will make you fruitful. And your fruit isn't, the the masses that you reach, the fruitful is what God's doing in you and through you. And I'll make you fruitful. I'll make you more like Jesus. And what can be more fruitful than that? It's good for everybody. We talk about it regularly. I will make you fruitful. And it does get better. As you get older, you lose freedoms. I'm realizing that. As I'm approaching 60, I'm realizing there's just certain things that just don't go the way they used to for me physically. All these afflictions with my back, it it, it really is related to surfing. And people ask me, do you surf? They always wanna talk about surfing. I'm like, you know, when I surf, I'm basically somewhat crippled for long periods of time now in excruciating pain. There's no way that looks good enough for me right now that outweighs my fear of the pain that my back has caused me this year. It's like good for the young people. And it just is what it is. But though the outward man, the outward woman's perishing, the inward woman, the inward man is being renewed. And so you see the glory gets greater and greater through the character and the transformation of the Holy Spirit. And so whatever glory is fading, our our name, who even remembers, who cares? Who cares? Our glory of men, who remembers and who cares? Our mistakes, I don't want to remember. And I'm sorry for those who do care. And I want to put it under the blood. So we have today, I will make you fruitful. So let's be fruitful with today and know that God's got the plan all the way to the end, what he wants to do. And let's make it that objective to be open and all we're supposed to be. Believe in the promises of God in and through Jesus Christ for our salvation, our sanctification, and our calling in him. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God not ashamed, bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the gospel.